At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN is in the middle of a 56 hours of free video coverage on vsin.com. Coming up tomorrow, we have every angle and analysis of the big game covered for you, starting with Point Spread Sunday, then the Lombardi line, followed by an exclusive one on one interview with Brent Musburger and legendary sports better Billy Walters. This exclusive one hour interview is only on vsin. Then we have you covered all the way up to kickoff with our pre game coverage during the game. We have our bet cast that will tell you what props are cashing during the game, as well as helping make in game bets visit the betting sports betting network is completely free all weekend long at vsin.com it is hour number three betting across america presented by bet mgm femi abebefe alongside amal shah here coming to you from the vsin studios at the south point hotel and casino and amal our next guest to help us get ready for super bowl 56 has been calling super bowls for westwood one for about 12 years now and he will be on Tomorrow's call with Kurt Warner, former Super Bowl MVP. He is one of the absolute very best in the play-by-play business. He is Kevin Harlan. Kevin, we appreciate you joining us here on Betting Across America. When you look at the matchup on paper, what immediately jumped out to you? Well, I think, and thank you for the nice uh, introduction. Great to be on with you. And I would say that on paper, it's a mismatch. Rams are better on offense. Rams are better on defense. And the Rams are better on special teams. And um, if you went player for player, you would find the same thing. But as you know, uh, it's one game. It's it's not, you know, a, a three-game series or a five-game series. It's one game. And that makes the Super Bowl as intriguing as any sporting event there is, because it's only one time, and on any given day, we can see a performance go in one direction or the other direction. So um, I would say that that this game is kind of reflective of the entire season in the NFL. There were no great teams in the NFL, but there were many good teams, and all of those good teams uh, had a good shot at the Super Bowl. Really, you could say that 13 of the 14 teams that were in the playoffs to begin, Pittsburgh aside, were probably, you know, in a position where if they got hot, they could make it. And that's exactly what Cincinnati did. Um, uh, But it it probably is as surprising a matchup as we've had in the Super Bowl, too. I don't think as we began the year that anybody would think that, you know, Cincinnati was going to make it. Two years ago, they had the worst record in pro football, but they have. Surprisingly, the quarterback has come back from a reconstructed knee. They've gotten a historic performance out of a rookie-wide receiver. All the money they spent on defense has paid off. A lot of times these teams put money into the free agent market, and it doesn't pay off. But for Cincinnati, uh, over $260 million over the last two years invested just in the defense has paid off. And one of the major stories why they've they've reached this, this destination. So... It's a mismatch on paper. It's a surprising matchup. Um, uh, we've never had two number four seeds before 
and uh, I think uh, I think you know we, we could probably say that that uh, it may not be a great surprise at the end, but Cincinnati has surprised us already in these playoffs. So who knows? Kevin, I think you bring up a lot of good points. Now, I don't know if it's a Sunday night or Monday night game. I hear you on Westwood One on the radio all the time. So uh, I don't know if you've had an opportunity to see Matthew Stafford a lot because you were with CBS and uh, the Lions were never playing a lot of uh, Sunday or Monday night games. Uh, but with his transition over to the Rams, how impressed have you been with him or what did you think about him before he got to Los Angeles? And did you believe McVay and company were making the right choice and kind of going all in with him as their quarterback? Well, that's a great question. Um, I've seen, uh, I just saw him a couple weeks ago in the NFC Championship game that we broadcast. I saw him twice during the regular season, once on a Monday, which was up in San Francisco, Santa Clara, and they got whipped by the 49ers. So um, I have seen him three times, four times this season in a Rams uniform. You know, it, it's, first of all, you, you trust the instincts of McVeigh because he saw clearly something in what Stafford could do the way he would fit his offense. But McVeigh, I think, had to change his offensive philosophy and his foundation just a bit. He's always been kind of a run-first, play-action-pass kind of guy. And they still use the play-action, but they're passing much more because they've got an arm like, like Stafford's back there, who is, shockingly, after all those years in Detroit and the single season in Los Angeles, he's the you know in the top 12 and all-time passing yards in the top 12 and passing touchdowns, which is remarkable for a quarterback who didn't enjoy much team success with the Lions. But everything he went through with Detroit, leadership, trying to fight through bad personnel around him, uh, always coming from behind, which I, the Lions always have done uh, recently, and certainly since he was there for the first 12 years of his career, have led him to become the quarterback he is now with the Rams, and I think it took a while, perhaps early on, for the Rams, uh, specifically McVay and Stanford, to get on on the same page. The, the loss of Robert Woods was gigantic for this offense initially, but that then gave breathing space for Higby, the tight end, and for the historic performance of Cooper Cup. Even got Van Jefferson in there a little bit as a receiver. So uh, when one player went down, others stepped up. The offense changed a little bit. The coach clearly saw something that there was gas left in the tank of Stafford. And it's really been, you know, right from the get-go, basically, a, a, very, a very good story. To begin the season, I think we all would have said, yeah, in the NFC, we could see the Rams uh, making it all the way. We could see Tampa Bay, certainly, and, and they made it deep into the playoffs. We could see Green Bay. You know, those were probably the three top teams in the NFC. We didn't see San Francisco making the push, um, um, and, and we certainly didn't see in the AFC – Cincinnati, four wins last year, uh, a couple the year before, worst record in the NFL, and and who would have thought that in year three of this head coach that they would be in this position? But the Rams, I think, clearly felt a trade for starting quarterback, starting quarterback, golf going to the Lions, and and Stafford coming at 33 years of age to to Los Angeles was a good gamble. The draft picks they gave up, the starters they gave up, and and for what they think will be a nice little run here with with head coach and quarterback. We're speaking with Kevin Harlan, the voice for Westwood One for tomorrow's Super Bowl between the Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals. Kevin, 
it seems like the X's and O's discussion about this game has centered around the Rams defensive line against the Bengals offensive line from talking to the team, specifically Cincinnati. How are they, do you think they're going to go about trying to hold off this pass rush that could possibly exploit their offensive line and really blow up their offensive game plan? Well, that, that seems to be the, the intersection of thought, doesn't it? The offensive line is one of the weakest in football. The analytics would tell you that all five linemen are, you know, amongst the worst in the NFL. They really are. The ranking, if you, if you rank, say, 62 uh, starting players at each of those positions with enough starts to qualify, that the starters on the line are in the deep 50s and close to 60. I mean, they're, they're really low-ranked offensive linemen. But after the nine-sack performance they gave up against Tennessee, they only gave up one against the Chiefs. And one of the keys could be, if you were looking for one thing maybe to hang your hat on, because I think, like we said before, in almost every category the Rams are superior, is that, you know, the Bengals have been, they've been all these one-play one games, one-score games, as we know. But, but they've, they've, they've really thrived when their quarterback uh, was able to escape a pass rush and buy more times for the three elite receivers they have. And, and make things happen kind of uh, off schedule. And, and that may be the one thing that they can do on offense because otherwise the pass rush is terrific. It's the number one pass rush in pro football and, and a various, uh, various look at the different uh, statistical numbers. And they've got a generational talent, certainly, and Aaron Donald in the middle, maybe the best defensive player of our generation. Um, and, and, and so when you've got those things, and I don't know how they're going to block Miller and Donald. And then they got Leonard Floyd. Like, like you, you handle one guy, and then you got another one. So you got to pick your poison, and, and that's going to be a difficult chore for an offensive line that, across the board, is not highly rated. So the escapability of Burrow, uh, and he has shown he can run. He did it in Kansas City a couple weeks ago in the championship game. Um, and to buy time and make things happen with his leg and kind of off schedule may be the one thing that could throw a wrench into what appears to be a Rams win. Is is they they could muck things up a little bit on offense, and and they just continue to chip. That's the other thing too, which is the intangible I think regarding Burrow, is that he has a leadership quality that really few quarterbacks have shown, and he's only doing it in his second year, which is really phenomenal. And coming off a reconstructed knee, which is even more remarkable. So he's a special guy. He's wired differently, and he, he plays the position a little bit differently, and, and, and that would be the one thing that, that, that could really be a thing to keep an eye on tomorrow. Is he able to escape? Will they negate the pass rush? Can the line buy him at least two and a half seconds plus to, to get back there and find his open option and, and make things go? And, and that, that kind of is, is his genius. That's the thing he's been able to do so well. Yeah, Kevin, uh, Kevin, I think that might actually be what dictates who wins and who loses this game. Kevin, I wish we had more time to ask you some questions here, but we want you to save your voice for tomorrow's game. You'll be on the call for Westwood One alongside Kurt Warner, Super Bowl MVP. Have a great call, Kevin. We appreciate you joining us here on Betting Across America, and uh, all the best going forward. Thank you so much. Appreciate being out with you guys. Take care. Thank you.
interesting stuff that we just got there from Kevin Harlan. He will be, like I said, on the call for tomorrow's game. He's called 12 Super Bowls. He's seen them all. He's done them all alongside Kurt Warner, the Super Bowl MVP. We just got an interesting bet, though, here at the South Point where our VEASAN studios are, and we will discuss that at length in the next segment. But first of all, the under 49-110 here at the South Point. People like this under. Yeah, well, you know, when you look at the Cincinnati offense, they've struggled in the red zone. This Rams team has played games in the postseason of a little bit lower scoring. I know the game against the Buccaneers was higher, but remember the 49ers game. More on that on the other side here as we continue to break down Super Bowl 56 Rams Bengals. It's a four point spread, total 48 and a half. We'll discuss it more at length on the other side. Hour number three, well underway here from the South Point Hotel and Casino. VEASAN is the best place to get all of the betting insights for the big game, and there's still time to sign up to get our VEASAN free big game betting guide. This digital guide gives you trends, strategies, props to watch, and tips from our experts. Visit VEASAN.com slash Super Bowl to get your free guide and get ready for the biggest football betting action of the year. It is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe, Amal Shah, coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. And before we went to break, Amal, we let the folks know that the South Point received a big bet on the under. They had the number at 49. We saw a couple 49 starting to sprinkle in the market. A little bit of movement on this total had been hanging out at 48.5 for much of the week. Saw a little move to the under. Now they've gone back to 48.5 after taking $110,000 on under. 49 you gave initial thoughts but what do you think about this move going towards the under and what could be a lower scoring game yeah I'm not surprised I, I think this game could be one where stats are put up but maybe not a lot of scores in terms of touchdowns could wind up with some field goals because this Rams defense is still very good I think they've gone overlooked a lot of the conversation has surrounded the two quarterbacks this week and especially if you're going to sit there and talk about how well Joe Burrow is going to perform it's almost hypocritical if you sit there and say well then the Rams have a really good defense then it contradicts mm-hmm. what you're talking about Burrow so it really comes down to how do you see this Rams defense going up against this Bengals offense because I think the Rams Offense has an edge against the Cincinnati defense. So for me, it's can the Bengals offense move the ball consistently and keep uh, that edge rush off of uh, Joe Burrow? Yeah, that's going to be the key. It's like it, we've been talking about it since this matchup became uh, recognized right after the NFC title game. It's just that how will this Bengals offensive line protect Joe Burrow against this pass rush? Every single one of our guests has brought this up here about how Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Leonard Floyd, these guys can really get after the passer. And that could be what and probably will be be what decides who wins this game. Now, you think this is going to be lower scoring? You think that I think the point that you brought up of the moving the ball from the 20 to 20 is going to be a key aspect because red zone inefficiency has been something that has sort of not, I don't want to say plagued Cincinnati since they were able to get to this game here, but they haven't been sharp in the red zone. We saw them have some red zone woes against the Las Vegas Raiders. We saw them have plenty of red zone woes against the Tennessee Titans in the divisional round. They had some woes early on against the Kansas city chiefs. Their inefficiency to score touchdowns once they get deep down I think is going to play to this game going under the total. Like that's just a thing. And maybe from a prop standpoint, 
bet the nose on some of these guys for TD scores. Well, absolutely. You know, you, one of the things is uh, when you look at this matchup, we saw the Bengals defense shut down Kansas City in the second half. Uh, this Rams team is capable of shutting down almost any offense on any given Sunday. Now, they may not necessarily do that successfully every week, mm -hmm. but definitely a possibility. And I think the point you just brought up about the props, you really have to go through this like with a fine-tooth comb yeah. because there are so many different ones. And something on page 7 may not jump out at you, but you might find something of tremendous value or one that you say, hey, they got the wrong line here. You know, don't take what they put out as a number as necessarily as the gospel. It could be a situation where you can exploit it to your advantage and I think that's something that people really have to pay attention to. I know while people are going to be out partying and going out tonight, good opportunity to kind of sit down and look. Maybe the numbers mm -hmm. have moved obviously from where they originally were, but doesn't mean that something's still out of reach in terms of some of the props you might like. Are you going to be out there on the strip partying with these people? No. <laughs> I know you live around the way. <laughs> I, hey, listen, I might, you know, ever since COVID, I've, I've kind of called it a retirement party. <laughs> so no partying for um, you, But I'm going to tell you, it wasn't that crowded. I was out last night. Yeah. It wasn't that crowded around town. I could not believe. Uh, I was tonight. Yeah, I think it'll be a lot busier. Yeah. But, you know, I figured that SoCal crowd was coming in already, but they didn't make it in so far. They're staying over there in SoCal, man. That's where all the action is. The big game, man. Over at SoFi, Inglewood, always hey, up to no good. Let me, let, me tell you, <laughs> let me tell you something there, Dr. Dre. Um, you know, the bottom line is, I don't care where you are, the action is always in Vegas. <laughs> it is always There's in no Vegas. no city like Vegas. <laughs> Dr. Dre, I love But I'm not asking you to move here. <laughs> yeah. The, we, the we PSA, got enough how great it is, but please don't, don't move here. Well, visit we got visit Las Vegas, lining a mall's pockets. Plus, our, plus our price per square foot around here has gone out of whack. It's killing my uh, flip game, man. It's, I mean, it's out of whack. We'll get to your flip ventures at another date here. But it's interesting. I just got this nugget from Stephen Bond, our producer here, that these offenses are some of the least penalized offenses in the NFL. The Bengals are 31st. The Rams are 30th in terms of penalty yardage. So it's not going to be like a Dallas Cowboys show with 15 penalties, 12 of them being pre-snap. These teams do a good job of kind of staying ahead of the chains and just, quite frankly, not beating themselves in these games. Uh, Femi, who's roughing the game tomorrow? Who's the head referee? Uh, I believe it's Ron Torber. Okay. The head ref. does a very good job. Yes. Um, I think he's the Johns Hopkins guy. Uh, very astute guy, or, uh, or he might be the Harvard Law guy, one of those schools I would never be able to get into even on the visitor's tour. But the bottom line is, when you look at uh, this, these two matchups, I think it's going to be a situation where maybe some props you look at on a number of penalties or below it. Um, I think it's going to help these offenses. That's so critical because you mentioned your mm -hmm. Cowboys. They get called for so many penalties. you got to drive. You don't want it to be killed by an offensive holding where it kind of yeah. sets you back. So just something that's very crucial as you go forward. And we will have the NFL analyst, rules analyst for Fox, Mike Pereira in studio tomorrow for the big game BetCast. He'll be stationed over at the Circa Resort and Casino to kind of help us along in terms of some things we might see with how the game is being officiated. Maybe we can find some actionable information from that regard there because whenever you get those pass interference happy uh, officials, maybe one Sean Hockley, you, that tends to play toward the over with teams being positioned to score points there. Some of the other officials, Bill Vinovich, I believe, the one who was officiating the Chiefs Bengals AFC title game never calls penalties. They, like they, his crew just does not throw the flags. I love that. Those games tend to play toward the under as we saw Chiefs Bengals go under the total there of 54 and a half. So knowing the ins and outs of not only the teams we're playing, but also the officials who are refing the game, I think can give you some. Uh, nuggets or give you some help in terms of what side you should bet on, whether it be the side, but more importantly, the over or the under, I think is where the officiating really comes into play.
Yeah, I know you're absolutely right. And I think it's something to pay attention to. But the holding penalties, you know, when you have Tony Correnti's crew, you're always oh, afraid it's going to kill one of your Happy retirement off- to Tony Correnti. <laughs> it's going to kill one of your drives. And I think it's important. You see, in this Super Bowl, we won't probably have that issue. So should be a good should be a good game to watch as well. Interesting Super Bowl history, though, with these two teams here. The Rams have made four appearances in the big game prior to tomorrow's contest here, 1979, 1999, 2001, and then 2018, which is the most relevant one for this Rams team because that was when Sean McVay was the head coach. They're 1-3 in in their Super Bowl history. They lost last time 13-3 against the New England Patriots as two-and-a-half-point underdogs in that snooze of a Super Bowl 53 here. But this Rams team, it's – I'm really impressed by Sean McVay. Like he's not my favorite coach, not one that I like a lot, but to get this team to a second Super Bowl now with another quarterback here, now it's an upgrade at quarterback, but still impressive nonetheless to change. And in one year, here you are with one game away from winning a Super Bowl. And Sean McVay is 36 years old. Like that's a pretty impressive accomplishment there. It really is. And um, I got to tell you, I, they're never going to have a better opportunity. Even if their team upgraded in five years or whatever, I just don't see a better opportunity. You're playing in Los Angeles at SoFi. I don't think that's going to be that much of a factor because the, the way the tickets are dispersed, it goes to all the corporate partners and everything yeah. else. But more importantly, look, Cincinnati, give them all the credit in the world. But Femi, you know, when you look at those Giants teams that were wild cards they got in, and this was a division winner, I, I think those Giants teams had elite defensive players. They had elite, you know, Michael Strahan, yep. um, O.C. Umanura. They had some guys that could make some plays. I think Cincinnati's a really good team. They've got an elite quarterback, but I don't think this team is elite. Yeah. I, I think they kind of got here by the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs beat themselves. Um, I thought the debacle at the end of the first half was so huge, not getting at least three points. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going to throw a pass behind the line of scrimmage, just run the ball up the middle and see if you can get in. <laughs> Uh, you know, from my, my point of view, I think this is the perfect storm if you're the Rams. You, you, you know, you look at certain teams when they get into a championship situation, you're like, wow, we get to play. So I, I think back to UConn when it was a Mecca Okafor and company. And they got yeah. to play Georgia the Jer- Tech. Tech. It's exactly right. And if you're Sean McVay, that Patriots team experienced great coach in Bill Belichick, Tom Brady. This is the scenario for you if you're the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, on the flip side for the Cincinnati Bengals, everyone's talking about this team, how they have so many guys, 4,000-yard passer, 1,000-yard rusher, two 1,000, or it might be three 1,000-yard receivers, all at 25 years of age or under. This is the first time they've made it to the Super Bowl since 1988, and as good as their young nucleus is, there's no guarantee you'll ever get back to this game. Think about how many people thought Aaron Rodgers would get to multiple Super Bowls after they won the Super Bowl in 2010. He's never been back. This is like, it's not house money for the Bengals here. I would agree with you. And, you know, you referenced all the young players. Part of the problem is when you've got such a young nucleus is eventually you're going to lose a key component or two because of the salary cap. Get paid. Absolutely. You know, Burrow's going to end up getting $40 million plus a year. Yeah, at least. So, probably so, 50 honestly. Yeah, I mean. Which I find interesting that you end up paying the quarterback that much because it's at the detriment of the rest of the team. So it's somebody's going to have to eventually take a hard line stand and say, hey, we need to disperse the money a little bit more equitably in order to be able to have a competitive team. And I think the Patriots benefited immensely from Brady taking less money for so many years. So if you're the Bengals, you got to get it done now because this opportunity may not present itself in the future. I think the Bengals are just happy that the 49ers are not in this Super Bowl. The two previous appearances for Cincinnati, they lost to Joe Montana and the San Francisco 49ers. 
49ers. It almost became another 49ers-Bengals rematch there, but right. the Rams are in this game. But Bengals, this is your chance if you want to win a Super Bowl because there's no guarantees for tomorrow there for an NFL franchise. Things can quickly change in the National Football League. NFL, not for long. One guy who knows about that is Bill Polian, Hall of Fame front office executive, will join us next here on Betting Across America. is your number one source for getting ready for the big game. This weekend, we have 56 hours of free video coverage on vcin.com leading up to our sixth annual live big game betcast. And to make you a smarter better, we have had some of the biggest names to get you ready for the big game. Brent Musburger sits down for a one-on-one -on -one exclusive interview with legendary sports better Billy Walters. You can watch the entire thing on vcin.com. Other notable names this weekend include Chris Berman, Danny Trejo, Michael Simon, Pete Rose, and many more. Check out all the interviews on vcin.com. It is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi and Bebefe alongside Amal Shah. And we've been talking all things Super Bowl 56. And Amal, our next guest, when you think of team building in the NFL, he's one of the first names to come to mind. GM of the early 1990s Buffalo Bills. The first GM in Carolina Panthers history. GM who drafted Peyton Manning, thus launching a decade-plus run with the Indianapolis Colts. He's a Super Bowl champion. He's a Grey Cup champion. Six-time NFL executive of the year he is the great bill polian joining us now here on betting across america bill when you look at this matchup and we appreciate you joining us here what stands out to you when you initially break down this game between the rams and the Bengals? well I, I, what stands out when you look at the tape is how evenly matched these teams are and then when you look at the numbers um that stands out as well um so this is this is the the the, the Bengals are for real. Most of America knows the Rams because they've gotten a lot of national attention on television and throughout the media, but the, the Bengals are the real deal. There's, there's no two ways about that. And the thing that's been, <coughs> excuse me, hidden about them is how good their defense is. They've really built the defense through free agency, and, and, and they've done a tremendous job of it. They can rush the pass so they can cover um, – they're a really good defensive team. Uh, so this uh, looks to me like a, a, a very close matchup. Bill, I thought when the Cincinnati Bengals chose uh, Jamar Chase instead of Panay Sewell, I thought it was a mistake. And obviously, in hindsight, I was dead wrong because he has had a tremendous impact on this team. If you were in their position with what the value that Burrow brings and needing to protect him, would you have probably done the same thing and gone with Jamar Chase? Yeah, actually, um, the, the, the conventional wisdom and the historical wisdom is that you take the left tackle first. Um, but with today's game, 53 and a third yards wide, 60 to 70 yards long in terms of passes being thrown, uh, 60 over 60% of the time you're in nickel defense uh, because the other team's in three wides. Um, the receiver, especially a, a, a guy who can run after the catch, um, is, is really, really valuable. And to me, the tipping point would have been, and probably was for the Bengals when, you, when they talked to Joe, the chemistry that existed between the quarterback and, 
and, and the receiver. He just wasn't any receiver that you were bringing in there. He's a guy that uh, Joe Burrow had played with and had a lot of confidence in and already had chemistry with. So uh, while it, it probably was a close call, the tipping point would have been uh, the fact that Burrow had so much uh, confidence and so much experience with him. We're speaking with Bill Polian, Hall of Fame front office executive here, talking all things Rams, Bengals, Super Bowl 56. And, Bill, when you look at these rosters, these teams went about building their teams in a different way. You mentioned how the Bengals signed free agents on defense. They have drafted well on the offensive side of the ball. Burrow and Chase back-to-back years, an absolute home run. The Rams, they haven't made a first-round draft choice since Jared Goff, the guy who they traded for their current quarterback. So just how can you just speak to the differences we've seen from building the rosters and how these two teams were able to meet at this point? Yeah, well, a lot of what the Rams have done is, is oversimplified by saying that, well, they haven't made a first-round draft choice, but they used that first-round pick uh, to get Jalen Ramsey, who's the best corner in the business. They used additional first-round picks to get Stafford who's the quarterback who's who's gotten them this far, and if they win, he will have taken them there. Um, They uh, they picked up uh, Odell Beckham for a song. He's out there on the street, and he may be the X factor in this game. So they've gotten, um, with their top choices, proven pros who who are are all pros. Um, That's what you're trying to do is win football games. It's not about utilizing draft choices it's getting players who can help you win football games and they've done a really good job in the back end of the draft and in college free agency Ben Skoranek being an example of that a big contributor on special teams Um, so uh, they've done a really good job in the lower rounds of the draft and they've made use of those first round picks to bring in all pros what's wrong with that (laughs) there's more than one way to skin a cat I love the point you made there, and I would be remiss if I didn't ask you. You had one of the great draft picks of all time when everyone said to take Ricky Williams out of Texas, who had a stellar career. You went with the edge, Edgerin James, who wound up in Canton. What was it about edge that stood out to you to make that selection when it seemed like everyone in the world was saying, you got to take Ricky? Well, we didn't listen, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> we listened to the scouts and, 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 and kept our own counsel. But edge, edge's ability – to do everything we needed to have done in the offense. Uh, block, run to the outside, accelerate in the hole because we were a zone-blocking team, not a power-blocking team, and and the ability to catch the ball and run great routes and get open, uh, none of which Ricky was stellar at, made the difference. Uh, that was, that was I mean, it, was, it wasn't even close, really, when you, when, you, when you looked at the fit for our offense. Ricky went on to have a good career, but Edgerin, as you say, is in the Hall of Fame because he was the right fit for what we wanted to do. Bill, when you evaluate the quarterback position here, because when you guys were picking number one overall in 1998, you took Peyton Manning to help turn your franchise around and launch decade-plus worth of success there in Indianapolis. Cincinnati found themselves in that position two years ago, coming off a two-win season, and they identified Joe Burrow. So when evaluating quarterback, is there something that you look for in terms of the mentality almost to help turn around a franchise that has obviously struggled being the reason why they're picking number one overall? Yeah, it's the it's the so-called intangibles that are important. Arm strength is is 
you know, you have to make the throws, but it's overrated. The, the media pays far much too attention, far much uh, uh, too much attention to it. Um, you have to have the ability to process quickly, which Joe Burrow does. You have to have pocket presence, the ability to move around and get yourself situated within the pocket because no pocket is ever really clean. There's always bodies falling around you, so you got to get be, have pocket presence. You have to process. You have to be accurate. You have to be accurate. You have to be accurate. If you're not accurate, you cannot win in the National Football League. It's that simple. I don't care if you can throw the ball through the Empire State Building. It doesn't matter if you're not accurate. And then you also have to you also have to have the ability to be poised and 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 confident in the toughest of situations. We called it in Indianapolis critical efficiency. When the game is on the line, are you going to be poised? Are you going to be efficient in the critical factors? Because there's going to be six or eight plays a game that determine the outcome of the game. And you've got to be able to be critically efficient at that time, not be upset, keep your poise, do your job. Everybody has to be that way, but most importantly, the quarterback. Hey, Bill, we got about 45 seconds left, but I want to get a prediction from you on this game. So it's a moment of truth. Who's going to win this game, Rams, Bengals, and what's the score? Don't make predictions because if I did, I wouldn't be talking to you. I'd be cashing in chips. We're trying to help our viewers and listeners from the great Napoleon to help them cash in those chips. <laughs> I, I could, I could tell you what I could tell you what the difference is going to be. Okay. The offensive line that protects its quarterback best is going to give its team the best chance to win. The game is going to be decided on the offensive line and defensive line. He is the great Bill Polian, former six-time NFL executive of the year. Bill, we appreciate you joining us here on Betting Across America. Enjoy the rest of the weekend and have fun tomorrow. Thank you. You too. Great to be with you. Thank you. Uh, I thought excellent stuff. I had never heard that term, critical efficiency, that you brought up, the, the, the key six to eight plays there that kind of separate the great quarterbacks from just the good quarterbacks there. Really good insight there from Bill Polian, who's been around it and has seen a lot of it. Absolutely. And I thought the other point that he made, and I think this is the most important point about any quarterback, and he stressed this three times. He mm -hmm. talked about accuracy. <laughs> I've always said that. I said, you know, I don't care if this guy can throw the ball through a wall. Who cares mm -hmm. if you can't get the ball to a place where the receiver can catch it? What an impressive job. I'll tell you what, I wish we had one hour with that guy that that is one of the few people I would pay to go sit down with for an hour and just ask him questions because his insight and I love what he talked about with Edron James yep. same thing right like he people forget Edge was such a great blocker yeah and, and, and like I remember I, mean, I was a young kid during the time there but I was like wow Ricky Williams just won a Heisman yeah. like how do you not take Ricky Williams and I mean the Saints traded their whole draft to take Ricky Williams didn't really work out for them as well, Mike did because not as good of an executive as Bill Polian is <laughs> I, I think that is what we've uncovered here <laughs> also on betting across America great stuff from the great Bill Polian he is done a lot of Super Bowl champion Hall of Famer on the other side final segment of betting across America presented by bet MGM we wrap up our thoughts before Super Bowl 56 
for a huge score during the big game with BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and place a $10 money line wager on Pro Football's final game. If either team scores a touchdown, you'll win $200 in free bets regardless of your wager's outcome. Just use bonus code SB200 when you make your first bet. You'll also earn BetMGM rewards points that you can redeem for room nights and dining at MGM Resorts Nationwide. Only at BetMGM. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. It's the final segment of Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Amal Shaw coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. It's picking up here behind us, Amal. A lot of folks in town to bet on the big game. It's been fun breaking the game down with you over the course of three hours. But before we get into our final thoughts, Amal, you had something you wanted to say? I was just saying, this is, you know, we usually talk a ton of college basketball and everything, and I yep. thought today was going to be long. This has been the fastest show we've had. It got, has been. got to give uh, Steven and, um, you know, several other people here, Kevin, who've done a tremendous job with yep. orchestrating everything, but the guest list, man, I got to tell you. It's a, I, it's a banger. I, I know people like talking games. I love talking draft and kind of evaluating players, bringing on Bill Polian and then having a Hall of Famer like Warren Moon. This is terrific. Absolutely fantastic. The show has been off the charts here. Our graphics have been off the charts. Uh, all the work that the folks have been doing all week long. There's a lot of props, a lot of graphics to pour over with the Super Bowl offering, so kudos to the team behind the scenes here at VEASAN for making all things possible. One way that we wanted to have you guys chime in and enjoy in on our fun was was through our Twitter poll. We ask a poll every single weekend. We reveal the question on the Lombardi line and then bring it up again once again here on Betting Across America. Once again, the results will come out tomorrow, but the poll question is simple. What's your best bet for the Super Bowl? You can go the Rams, you can go the Bengals, or you can go the Ova or the Yanda. Amal, what do you think people will be leaning towards here as you almost, as a better, have to handicap what the betting market will do in addition to handicapping the game? Well, you know, in the NFL, you generally have an idea sometimes of which way teams or games going to move. Yeah. Could be wrong, could be right, but I know college basketball, I can identify which way the line's going to move very quickly. This is much more challenging because you have so much of the general public wagering so much money on this mm -hmm. that it's very difficult to gauge sometimes. You know, we saw the line here on the South Point on the total at 49, which uh, – Thomas Gable at the Borgata said he thinks it's actually going to be on the under. They think they're going to go down half a point. So, you know, it's really fascinating in terms of how you see a line moving, um, where it's going to wind up. I think it's really critical to how you may approach the bet. For me, though, I like the Rams. I know we've had a lot of people that have kind of argued both sides of it. Mm -hmm. I think as Bill Polian made the point, the difference is going to come down to the offensive line versus the defensive line. And I think you can almost say that in many, in many or all games, but in this game more so because of how good this Rams defensive front has the potential to be against the uh, Bengals front that could potentially get exposed in certain situations. Yeah, the game is one up front. It's, it's not the pretty thing to break down. There's no props for offensive linemen, but they're the most important position group on an NFL yeah. team there. If the quarterback's the most important player, the most important group is those five guys up front that make all things happen for an offense because if you can't block, you can't move the football. It's pretty simple as we saw the Chiefs get held to nine points in the Super Bowl just a year ago. So we'll see how the offensive lines are able to to shake things out here. You're on Rams minus four, right. but I wanted to ask you this because the Super Bowl betting market, the NFL market in general is the most liquid market in terms of you can get the most down in terms of your bets here. 
the Super Bowl is the. I mean, these are, they're taking million dollar bets sure. ten days prior to the game. You never see that with any betting game. That just goes to show how efficient this market is and how the betting market pretty much agrees. The true difference between these teams is four points, and the total should hover around forty eight and a half or forty nine. For the better who might look at this market and say that, hey, I don't know if there's any value. I might be flipping a coin either which way. What advice would you offer to those people trying to find something to bet on in the Super Bowl? Don't uh, flip that coin. Uh, <laughs> you know, kind of assume it's like no country for old men. You don't want to call that one, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I think it's a situation where if you don't see an advantage on a play, you don't make the, make the play. My biggest thing is when I'm betting a game, regardless of the NFL, whatever it may be, I'm looking to see where I think I have an advantage, where I don't mm-hmm. think the, either the point spread or the money line justifies what it is at. You, you know, so I, that's how you look at a matchup. And, and it's, you see the same thing in some of these games. When I thought the Buccaneers were playing the Rams, I didn't think that the Buccaneers should be a three-and-a-half point favorite. I get everyone, so they're at home. Well, no, that doesn't necessarily mean it should be that way. Mm-hmm. It, you know, so I think it's crucial to how you look at some of the lines and how you approach the betting. And sometimes the best plays are the ones not made. You may be, wait for an opportunity, may not find anything. But you got to be patient sometimes. And I think, too, just from a responsible gaming perspective as well, is that, like, yeah, like some people, they're going to be, hey, you know what? I'm not betting with an edge. I'm not an advantage player. Who cares? I want to bet on the side for the Super Bowl or I want to bet on the total because it's the Super Bowl and it's the last game. I mean, Cousin Sal said this when we had him on earlier. It's the Super. It's the last game until September. I want to have action on it. Just know that you're probably not making an advantage play. And also just to make sure that you're betting responsibly. You're not betting outside of your means because you don't want to be flipping coins outside of your means. Now, you might hit it big and hit lucky, but you also might lose and to where you're – just miserable the entire Super Bowl Sunday, and nobody wants that. Nobody wants to be the miserable person at the Super Bowl party, Amal. I would agree with you there, and I think uh, – I just have a feeling this is going to be a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. And these props, though, I think because they've gotten so good at making these numbers nowadays, there's so much information out there, you'll see a lot of them come down to a player too. Yeah, and I think the prop market and how sharp that is is the biggest development over the last three years. Now, these things you used to be able to pick off here and there, really good novelty props or all that stuff. But now, with props, the popularity of props being a big thing on a weekly basis, not just on the Super Bowl now that even those markets are difficult. Too. They are, but I'll tell you one thing. If I ran a sports book, I would have more money coming in on my place on the props than any other place. You know why? Because I wouldn't be charging 115 <laughs> I'm serious. Just just make it almost a 105. You're going to get the whole world coming Everyone's down to the bet. Everyone's going to come shop at you. Yeah. You, yeah, at the end of the day, they got to win the bet. It's not like it's the old days where you can say, okay, hey, Femi bet 50, Amal's going to bet 50. we got even action. We're going to be good. We'll take the five bucks there. Uh, the minus 115 on some of these props drives me nuts. Yeah, that's, that's why shopping around is a big deal for the props because also not only from a VIG standpoint, you can find the numbers. are There's a disparity at book from book to book here. So I think shopping around for the props is another key lesson to take a hold of as we're just like 24 hours away from the big game coming up tomorrow afternoon, Rams and the Bengals. But almost from a standpoint, and too with the props of all, is that just you don't want to go too crazy. It's hard because there's so many offerings. It can be overwhelming. It's okay to pass, like Amal said, with the side and the total. It's also okay to pass on some of the props if you don't have a good feel for what might happen with that particular player or with the coin toss. I mean, who has a feel for that? It's literally a coin toss. It's going to be one way or the other there. So be careful in how you bet that one. 
Uh, no, but I think at the same time, though, if you think like when the Patriots played the Rams in the Super Bowl, uh, you know, several betters thought, hey, this is a great opportunity to take advantage of the Rams ineptitude on offense against this Patriots team. You can go bet everything on the on the board on the unders and you yeah. can do well. So it just depends on how you see it. I feel like this one's a little bit more competitive than maybe some of the other past games from my perspective. So I feel like it's going to be balanced. That's why I'm saying that. Yeah, no, I, I think that I agree with that. That's uh, I. I can see a blowout just because it's football and things happen, but the most likely outcome is that this will be a close game. The Rams don't really blow teams out. The Bengals have been winning games on the final kick of Evan McPherson against the Titans and against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs here. So uh, I think it will be in store for a close game coming up tomorrow between the Rams and the Bengals. Any final thoughts from you, Amal? You will not be with us tomorrow. So any final thoughts? You're on the Rams minus four. Any other plays that you might have in the pocket? You know, I just took Cooper Cup over one or two and a half yards. I think he's a guy you can probably take up to 110. I feel comfortable with him getting over that. Um, But nothing really else that's jumped out to me. I, I think some of these numbers are so good and it's tough to call because when you start looking at the second and third running back or receiver, mm-hmm. you know, it's somewhat of a roll of the dice. Yeah, no, it definitely is a roll of dice when you're looking at those guys there. And it's also with the props, I think one thing that to keep in mind is that injuries happen in football. And if your guy gets injured, I mean, it may play. It's <laughs> sorry if you bet the over. Essentially, is like a thing that you got to keep in mind yeah. as well. We're knocking on wood. Hopefully, nobody gets hurt in the game. Yeah, one other thing I would recommend is very quickly, whatever book you're making the bets at, just some of the rules on some, not the yardage ones, but some of the obvious ones where there's mm-hmm. some like, kind of discrepancy in terms of how you interpret it, make sure you ask what the rules are on it because sometimes it can be a little bit confusing and you may interpret one thing and it means something else. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That is, I think, a very big deal it's for props, for NFL draft betting yeah, coming up absolutely. down the road similar, here. Yeah, similar that, situation, that is a exactly. a big, big deal about just making sure that you're understand 100% what you're betting on because you don't want to be the person who thinks they have a winning ticket and actually the book has graded it as a loser and you don't win your bet. All right, that does it for the show. We're wrapping things up here. Amal is on Rams minus four. It's been an awesome show, Amal. I mean, so many really good guests here. Bill Polian, Warren Moon, thank you to all those guys. Cousin Sal of the Extra Points Podcast Network, Dan Horde, voice of the Cincinnati Bengals, Kevin Harlan. He will be calling the game voice for Westwood One, calling that with Kurt Warner tomorrow. So we've had an awesome show. Just a fantastic job for everybody a part of the show here. Coming up on the other side, it's going to be the Ross and Reynolds connection. Dave Ross, Wes Reynolds, BAA Part 2. They give it to us for three more hours getting you set for Super Bowl 56. For everyone here at the South Point Hotel and Casino Vison Studios, it has been a pleasure. Hope you enjoy the 56 hours of free Super Bowl coverage. It is Vison the Sports Betting Network.